Shut up! <laughs> All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Adult Gamer Community Podcast. I'm Mellified and I'm joined in hosting duties today by the esteemed Fenrir765 and the man for whom E3 means excellent enchilada extravaganza, Hoptimus. That's right. Our uh, community guest this time is none other than Mick Switch. Welcome, sir. Buenas tardes. <laughs> apparently Welcome we're back, mix switch come on yes <laughs> apparently we're on a mexican theme tonight fender uh, do you have anything to add to that uh man i could go for a killer taco right now that's for sure <laughs> come on over we're making alpastor tacos uh the pool is nice and warm get on a plane right now you might be here by tomorrow they may not hop, be any tacos. hop you live in arizona <laughs> the pool is always warm i'm pretty sure not true no <laughs> Um, you know, during the cooler season, it, it does cool down quite a bit, and you can't really swim from about um, late October through about March. No swimming. No go. Too cool. Got now, it. Has All right. the weather evened out in Arizona? Uh, it's still not as hot as it normally is, so I'm enjoying it. But uh, Yeah, we're getting the same thing, but we're getting a crap ton of rain. It's like... That's what it's uh, springtime Anthem's right now. Anthem's been saying, because Anthem's right next to you guys. He said the weather's been whack. It's freaking ridiculous. Can't go out, get outside to do a damn thing. So, But enough about the weather. Uh, everybody doing well, though? Ready to get the show on the road? Yes, sir. Hell yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to change things up this week. We're going to kind of mix it up a little bit because we have a pretty big deep dive. Because uh, a couple weeks ago, something huge kind of went down and got a lot of thing, news stories that typically come out. So we're just going to switch up and uh, start with the community question this week. This week's community uh, question comes from our uh, one of our favorite hosts from the last few episodes, a good gentleman by the name of Sithy, and he asked, what was something growing up that annoyed you the most about playing games with your friends? And I mean, I guess it could even be a thing that annoys you today about playing games with your friends. Um, I'm going to start with McSwitch and let him kind of talk about what kind of annoyed him with video game friends mad cats controllers <laughs> wow right to it just i mean let's just go ahead and get that out of the way <laughs> oh my god that's fucking great i don't know if anybody can beat that that's, that's fucking gold dude all right let's move on to our <laughs> uh, they, they I, were I, awful they were they were like the, the equivalent of the bitch seat on the motorcycle right absolutely. when your hand, friend hands you the the uh, Mad Cat's control wired controller, no less. I'm sure, dude. Like and the then- N64 Mad Cat's controller, you were better off trying to control that thing with some waffles and a toothpick. <laughs> I feel like you could tell who your top eight or like top four friends were if you were playing GoldenEye split screen, depending on who actually got the Mad Cat's controller. Right, who was stuck with that thing? Well, that could be a handicapping function, though. You know, you hand the person that's the best at it that, so they have a little uh, disadvantage. So I guess whoever gets Mad Cats gets to play his odd job. There you go. There you go. <laughs> On slappers only. Um, wasn't Mad Cats like the uh, only licensed uh, controller for Xbox for many years? Oh, for a while. And then plus, also they did a lot of the uh, um, guitar rock Hero band. And, yeah, yeah, rock band <sighs> material. So. But that was actually, okay, so that was actually Mad Cats when they weren't as bad. The generation yeah. before the PlayStation, Saturn, N64 generation of Mad Cats stuff was all trash. It's so it's horrible garbage. 
Like everything That's true. they, they made, made was their terrible. For like Dollar General stores, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Hop. But, what was something that annoyed you the most? Um, you know, I was trying to think of something, and really the only thing that would drive me crazy, and, and to this day, you guys are all gonna laugh because you know me. I cannot fucking stand terribly calibrated shitty TV pictures. It drives me up the fucking wall. If I see red bleed, I will go get your remote and adjust it. It drives me fucking crazy. And there would always be that one friend whose TV, he would turn the brightness on the CRTs, he'd turn the brightness all the way up so the shit was like blurry and the red would bleed through everywhere. And I was like, dude, what is wrong with you? That drives me crazy. Talk about CRTVs. I mean, I can hear thousands of Smash fans just complaining in the background right now. <sighs> right, yeah. I missed, yeah, the response time on CRTs, dude. Nothing beats that. I'm just imagining a little Hoptimus like, where's your fucking remote? I gotta fix this right now. <laughs> Have you heard of calibration, motherfucker? It's a real thing. <laughs> he probably had, like, a ratings, uh, like, rtings.com. Um like wall posted on his thing before it was even a thing with all the calibrations. <laughs> it might be 1998, but when 4K comes around, <laughs> I'm ready. Dude, seriously, uh, I've been picky about that my whole life. Yeah, I, I, I can't blame you, man. Nothing was worse than somebody having the brightness or the contrast out of whack, and you just get a headache within like 30 yeah. seconds of playing. Why? Why is that character's uh, costume yellow on your TV? That's right. not right. <laughs> All right, Mel. Something annoying for you. Uh, when I was a you know high school era, um, we played a lot of games on PC, my friends and I. And there would be games that you could only play multiplayer using the keyboard. So having to squish up oh, against somebody yes. else to like share yes. the keyboard was Terrible. just god awful. One person uh, using arrow keys, the other person using WASD. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you were lucky and you had the number pad, you could sometimes remap to that. But it right. was it was oh, rough. man, I I totally remember that. <laughs> All right, Fen, what about you, man? Mine was always like the person that would do the same thing over and over again, just constantly, because that's the only thing they knew how to do. Like especially like in fighting games, so Mortal Kombat. <laughs> was one of my favorite games as a kid and the friend that would always pick out like the one character that would be able to slide across the screen and knock you up in the air and they would just keep repeating it back and forth going left right left right the entire time and just keep you from doing a single damn thing um to enjoy the game you know just that constant repetition the only thing worse than the player who did the one move over and over in my opinion was the guy who was just naturally good at every fighting game I had a friend like that, and it drove me up the fucking wall. Like the guy who picks Eddie and Tekken every single time? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Well, that pretty much sums up our playlist. Or not our playlist. What is going on with me? Oh, God. Fenrir took a a day nap, so he's he's a little little (laughs) out of it today. Hey, you know what? The kid went down for a nap. I said, I'm going to lay down on this couch, just stretch out a little bit, and next thing you know, it's time to record a podcast. Yeah, dude. Uh, Been there, done that. When they're that age, that's what you got to do, man. Uh, All right. So, moving on, we have our playlist next. Uh, McSwitch, what have you been playing last couple weeks? Oh, boy. So, E3 blew me away when they actually talked about game. I know we're going to get into E3, but I wanted to talk about specifically how they 
brought Metro Exodus to the Game Pass, which completely took me off guard. I did not think that was something they were going to bring anytime soon. So I actually dove into that. And I got to tell you, I, as a Metro fan, love it. It's exactly what I wanted out of Metro. Is I mean, they did add some open world elements to it, but the like creepy corridor, like resource management shooting style that Metro, I mean, Metro has always been known for, is definitely there. And I was a little worried that it was going to be lost in translation when they talked about going into like open world hubs, quote unquote. But I'm happy to report it's. I mean, if you liked one and two, definitely check this out. So past that, also I've been playing a little bit of World War Z uh, with uh, Mr. Fenn here. Um, honestly, I can't, I can't recommend this game enough. I mean, I really, really, I love this game. I mean, it harkens back to the old mid 2000s Left 4 Dead style of like, you know, four people playing, you know, co-op game, point A to point B, and I just, I have a blast with that game. Uh, other than that, actually, a little bit of Void Bastards. Haven't really gotten a chance to seek my teeth into it too much. But, I mean, just from what I've played a little bit of that I've, you know, got into, I've really enjoyed the art style, the writing, the, uh, what little bit of, um, voice acting in it is amazing too. And definitely would recommend checking that out. Also, I finally got my hands on a PS4. You know, I've had my Xbox Live account for 12 years and I finally broke the barrier and broke down. A good friend of mine actually got me a PS4. So I dug, I've been digging into Spider-Man, God of War, and... Uh, event, um, I'm going to say it wrong, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, all great games, a little aged, but there's nothing wrong with that. I can definitely see why God of War got last year's Game of the Year, though, because that game, oh man, it is good. So is there any truth to the allegation that your friend knocked over a couple liquor stores to raise the money for your PS4? I mean, I, you didn't hear that from me, but... <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, you, Hop? Uh, well, there's this little game that I backed on Kickstarter five years ago. Symphony of the Night? Yeah, we'll get, yeah, so Koji Garashi, the creator of Symphony of the Night, and many of the famous Metroidvanias, which that term was dubbed after Symphony of the Night because it played like Super Metroid, he created a whole series of them on the GBA and the, and the uh, Nintendo DS, and then Konami said, you know, nobody wants these kind of games. And so he said, really? So he left Konami and started his own little thing, did a Kickstarter, and the game finally came out, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and it is everything a Castlevania-loving Metroidvania fan has been wanting for years. In fact, in my opinion, it's the best one yet. The gameplay is amazing. The graphics are great. The crafting system is simple and actually kind of fun. You're like, oh, I can go make that now. That's pretty cool. Unlike other games where they make you like you know work at it it kind of just happens over time you you get the crafting things while you're exploring and you're going to end up exploring this castle a lot because you'll find something you can't get to run around find the next boss you unlock a new item you can go back there oh look i can get here find a new enemy you collect the shard once you get that shard then you can do other things and craft it's just it's if you're a fan of a metroidvania like side-scrolling action exploring rpg it's a must-own in my opinion it's phenomenal so I've been playing the crap out of that all week. But i also been playing, I picked up the Contra Collection from Konami, which is also patched with the Japanese versions, and that's a ton of fun. Uh, that Borderlands 2 DLC, Fight for Sanctuary, I've played through it two times now <laughs> with a couple groups. And uh, now we were boss farming last night. Um, we were boss farming uh, Anth 
Anthem Uranus, uh, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then also I've been playing a little bit of the uh, Forza Horizon Lego 4, uh, for, Forza Horizon 4 Lego Speedway add-on. Uh, I've been playing that with Sith and Kicked and a couple of guys, and that's that's fun. It's it's really neat seeing the Lego stuff. I'm kind of disappointed I can't make a Lego Drivatar. I feel like they missed out on trying to sell me more crappy customizable Drivatar things, but hey, it's still pretty cool. What have you been up to, Finn? Oh, well, uh, I found my own version of Crack called <laughs> Minecraft. Um, no, Minecraft. I, right? I've been playing that a ton. Holy crap. I don't think I ever would have imagined I would have played that game, but somebody... That's you know, why I won't play it. Somebody who was super cool started a tag realm, and um, a bunch of us have gotten in there, and we've started creating... Uh, what would what would you say we a started world. creating? Mel, a city, uh, a dong fest. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we have all sorts of dongs. We have tall ones. We have ones that fly in the sky that are you know <laughs> thick, have, thick ones, thin ones. Um. I don't know. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, I've been working on a little underground, uh, layer, if you will. Um, I, I grew a tree underground. It's pretty cool. I'm proud of my tree. It's, it's tall. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, so I've been playing that. Uh, so you said dung, is there any bush in this world or? No, we keep everything well manicured. And <laughs> yeah. Um, I've also been playing Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. I was kind of surprised by how this game like changes gears about three-fourths of the way through. Um, and But I, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, World War Z with uh, McSwitch, Romano, B-Daddy. Um, it's been fun. We're Last night, Romano and I were playing, and we started upping the difficulty. And it was just the two of us with the bots. And we were kind of surprised about how simpler things got when it's just two people. So... They patched looking... that right to fix some of that stuff, so you can play it with just two people, right? You don't have yeah. There's private lobbies now. It's uh, that's it's, awesome. It's nice. You need to come join us again, Hop. If you can well, it's get private lobbies with AI, right? It's not just you lose extra players. Well, you right. can turn the AI off if you want, um, but you know we keep the extra players around um, the bots. But yeah, you can do it just two people only um, with no bots, which is interesting to try. I think. Oh, and mix switch. I got the uh, no friendly fire achievement last night. Oh no! How'd you do it? I didn't shoot my teammates. Oh, okay, okay. I, did, I got that. I got that because I went melee only one whole round because that's what I like to do. And when you do melee, you don't hit anybody. You know. <laughs> um, I know switch has been working for that, so I forgot yeah, to dude, that just in go, a little just bit. Go melee I'm too trigger happy. Well, especially since the last time you kept shooting me, um, and then. <laughs> Um, I finally have started uh, Tales from the Borderlands, the uh, rest in peace Telltale game. Um, it's it's really good. Oh my gosh, I the love, story. love that game. I'm uh, love it. I've completed three episodes, and I can already see how it sets up a lot of things. Uh, I did beat Fight for Sanctuary on Borderlands too, so it's yeah, kind of might have had some help. You know, yeah, I definitely <laughs> had some help with that. It was pretty. Fight for Sanctuary is awesome, but Tales for the Borderlands definitely. If you don't want some things spoiled about Fight for Sanctuary, then you should probably uh, play Tales for the Borderlands because um, it leads up to some of those 
big set pieces that you didn't that weren't there previously um but some of the characters are pretty cool i love vaughn i think he's hilarious and um and the first episode the whole shirtless thing with vaughn is <laughs> right probably one of the funniest moments in the game so anyways really cool um that's pretty much all i've been doing um i hope to finish up new colossus here soon and tales for the borderlands soon and i can move on to metro exodus like uh mix switch is working on so mellified where has all yes. your gaming time gone um a little bit all over the place i i played some minecraft on the new realm having fun with that i'm uh building my dong fortress uh looking <laughs> really trying to get it um reinforced with lots of thick heavy um stone so that it really oh, is I thought you were going is, somewhere else <laughs> is uh hard and and stony um so that that one uh is always a f- I haven't played Minecraft a lot, and when I played it, it was mostly on the PC with my kids, and they wanted to play, sur- or no, they didn't want to play survival, they wanted to play creative. So a lot of the, just playing a pure, normal difficulty survival realm, with all the extra stuff that they've added to Minecraft in the last several years, has been, uh, we have uh, air support coming in for Switch apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's been really interesting to play Minecraft like as it stands today, not not having uh, played it a ton. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I've been continuing to beat missions, doing the story mode in Warhammer 40k, uh, Inquisitor Martyr. Um, I just love smashing people with my sword and watching them explode into little giblets. It's very satisfying. Um, I've been beating my head against the first boss in Bloodstained Ritual of the Buenos Noches. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's everything Hop said. I mean, it, I haven't gotten nearly as far as he has, but it's a really fun game. Um, gosh, I, I mean, what a what a great uh, entry into the history of, uh, of Metroidvanias. Super cool. Um, and then Forza Horizon... Forza Horizon for Legoland uh, edition, whatever they, whatever it's called, Lego Speedway. Um, I was a little disappointed in that they only had like twenty or twenty-five new bounty boards, which seemed like kind of a, a, a small number. Um, they did add a new element, the the bonus blocks that you can drive through, and those up your your skill scores, which is kind of interesting. But it's it's more Forza. Um, it's certainly a little more kid friendly, but you still have to go through. I think the five hour tutorial before you can get into it, so that gates the the kids a little bit, which is unfortunate. I think. I actually had a question. Um, since both of you guys played Legoland, did you ever play Horizon 3's Hot Wheels expansion? Yes, and if yes. I were to rate the two, the Hot Wheels is way better. That's actually is it? my favorite Forza thing that's been created. Just because, I mean, I love Legos. I mean, I play with them with my kids now, but when I was a kid, I fucking loved Hot Wheels and seeing like tr- driving those crazy tracks in the Forza Horizon Three Hot Wheels is pretty damn fun. Yeah, yeah. The Lego, the Lego one, like they didn't even when you're in the Lego world, there's still normal trees and and the right. terrain. It's not like it's all Lego, right? Either. And I think the Hot Wheels really felt like they it was the complete world. Was, well, yeah, was they had Hot you Wheels. on those plastic tracks and you slid around mm-hmm. like crazy and they had the speed boosters. Yeah, the Hot Wheels one was freaking awesome. I, I actually, I mean, if anybody wants to play the Hot Wheels, I'll go play that shit right now. Actually, I've got it. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So last but or two more. Uh, Citizens of Space. There was a, an RPG back on the PS4 and Vita called Citizens of Earth. And it was this quirky, silly little game where you play the vice president of the world. And you don't do any fighting for yourself because that's not presidential. But you have, you recruit people from Earth um, to go and fight for you. And they all have different skills and abilities. And you can mix and match the, the characters. Um, and it was just kind of a goofy, fun little tactical RPG. And they did a sequel, which is out on Xbox, called Citizens of Space, where you're Earth's ambassador to the United Federation of Planets. And uh, Earth disappears, and you, you're charged with solving the mystery of where did Earth go. Um, and again, just kind of silly, fun fun humor, but definitely worth checking out. I think it was like 15 bucks. Uh, and finally, um, during the E3 game sale... Deus Ex Mankind Divided, which is the most recent entry in the Deus Ex series, had their skill points basically available as um, paid content for 20 cents. So I dropped like five bucks and got myself a bunch of skill points so I could go back and play the game because I played it on PC, not on Xbox. So I started playing that. And there's a an achievement in the game for beating it with no alarms. I don't know if you guys remember when we had um, our Australian friend on, uh, Professor Pluto, he was going for that achievement and missed it. And so I thought I'd see if I could make a run at it um, using some skill Y'all points to make it a little folk, easier. That's for sure. <laughs> that's an impressive achievement. That game is no alarms as hard as heck. Yeah, oh yeah, just doing the first level took me a couple hours of retries to, to like get the hang of it again and, and kind of find that rhythm. So, I don't know, that'll be more of a long-term uh, ex- expedition, I guess. Um, Alright, so moving on to exciting game releases. Hey, Hop! Bloodstained What's... Ritual of the Night finally came out. Yeah. What does that? <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, is there anything else to add? I mean, it's a great game, no question. Uh, forty bucks. It's forty dollars. I would say right now there is. Uh, you had posted that news in the uh, Discord. There is an update that's going to hit that may break your save. So for now, I've disabled auto updates on my Xbox because I'm ten hours in and I really don't want to. As much as I love the game, I don't want to lose that ten hours I've already put in. Yeah. I'll wait till I beat it. Now, if supposedly the patch doesn't affect you. If you've beaten the game and you're starting a new game plus, then you're fine. But if you're in the middle of a game, it may mess up your game. Um, if you have a Nintendo Switch, the game comes out this Tuesday. They recommend updating the game before you start playing. Um, but other than that, there's supposed to be some free DLC coming out for the backers. Yeah, I, and then I think I saw be... 13 packs right. of DLC coming. And then there's some going to be some paid DLC too. So, um, yeah, I mean, all I got is, again, I already kind of s- spilled the 
the majority of it, but it it really is. It's the one of the things that's neat is I don't know if anybody saw there was a video they put out and a couple years ago when they showed it at E3, people like 2016, 20 or 2017, people were like, "Huh, this doesn't look as good as we thought it would," and the development team kind of took that to heart because they had more time to work on the game anyway, and they redid a ton of the graphics. That's a cool video to watch because they have the actual quotes from people at E3 or various trade shows that complained about it, like poop graphics, and they redid a lot of it, and it runs really smooth on the. Xbox One and uh, One X and PlayStation 4 and PS4 Pro, I think it does 60 frames a second. And on the One X, it's 4K 60. I think on the Switch, you're going to be limited to 30 frames a second. And that may not feel as nice, but it's portable. So you got that. Um, but yeah. Now, what a- kind of DLC they're doing? I know they're doing new characters that you can play through the game as. Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, I didn't really look at any of that because I'm just. I just dove into the game. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yeah, I think there was like new a new area that they were going to add on as a paid DLC. I know they um, announced Sangetsu is going to be a playable character, and mm-hmm. um, he was the main character of the pre the sort of prequel. It's not really a prequel. The Curse of the Moon, kind of like the side story game. Um, and he's in Ritual of the Night once you get to a certain point, but they're going to have it so you can play as him. And then there's a couple other Easter egg characters I'm wondering if they're going to be playable. Um, Sith and I have been talking about a certain character that shows up and you get his armor. He's been in a very famous indie game that Sith talked about. That's all I'm going to say there. <laughs> okay. I don't want to. I, I know who you're talking about, but I, I thought it was publicly announced now. I don't think it's a rumor. Oh, well, I just didn't want to spoil it for people in case they want to be surprised. Does that have to do with a garden tool? (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then how is uh, the Castlevania Collection collection and the Contra Collection got an update? They both did. So the update's great because, A, you can remap the button controls, which a lot of people didn't like, and, B, on both of those collections, they've included the Japanese versions of the games, which in some cases are huge. Uh, The ones that I'll just highlight, um, the Japanese version of Castlevania Three had an added sound chip which made the music a lot better and the difficulty is not as unforgiving and actually the character Grant can actually throw daggers which makes him somewhat usable so that game's actually a lot more fun not that the original not that the North American one wasn't fun but it was just brutally hard and then um, also the Japanese version of Castlevania Bloodlines has some minor changes that make the game a little bit more forgiving and the Contra side You've got um, Contra Hardcore, which in Europe and America, they only gave you three lives and no life bar. And that game's brutally hard as it is. The Japanese release, I think you get five lives and you have a life bar on your character, which actually makes the game playable because that game is tough. Um, and there's a couple other differences, but those, are, those would be my highlights of why you'd want to check out the Japanese versions on those collections. All right. Well, before we go on, I just want to take a minute to point out that TAG is a community. We do not uh, have any sort of membership fees. We don't have a recurring subscription required. Uh, The way that we pay for stuff like this podcast and our website is through people using our Amazon affiliate links. If you go on the Discord and post a link to Amazon, you'll see a bot 
pop in a URL, uh, that URL will give a little kickback to tag uh, for anything you buy. It doesn't change your price, doesn't cost you any more money, but it does help out uh, the community. As well, you can go on the website and down at the bottom there's links to Amazon that include that affiliate link. And so anything you browse to, anything you buy, will uh, kick back to tag. So please keep that in mind. I know it's a kind of a hassle and it's hard to remember sometimes, but try to make that little bit of extra effort. Uh, it really makes a big difference for us and allows us to do awesome things like this uh, and doing a Minecraft realm. So really, really cool. Um, so Hop, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Monday Night Game Night. Uh, but it's a thing at TAG. Are you aware of this? It sure is. Uh, Monday Night Game Night is where we get together and play either games that people haven't played in a while or games we love to play or something off the wall on Game Pass that we'll post in the TAG Discord community. Uh, Fireman has now taken my spot as Xbox champion. I had it for like two, three years. So <laughs> so uh, Fireman has agreed to take on that responsibility and he's rallying everybody together. Last week we did Battlefront 2. I'm not sure what plans are for this week. Let me check. We're going back to game. Gears again. Gears 5 again? I'd love, I'd do some Gears 5 anytime. That was a lot of fun. Customs and Gears 5 are great. I'd love to do Gears 5. Oh, Gears 5. 4. Right, right. Gears <laughs> 4. Sorry. Um, yeah, so Usually something either on Game Pass, Games with Gold, or a popular game. Rocket League's been popular. Gears 4. Um, we don't do Halo on game night, but that's because... What happens on Thursday, McSwitch? Well, you know, Thursday is actually our, our night where we all get together. And, well, some of us get explicitly drunk and play Halo. <laughs> <laughs> There's been I'm a few of those. <laughs> yeah. So, which I mean, I, I might have to try because maybe I could actually get a kill in that game. But it's, um, yeah, every Thursday night, actually, the community gets together, and it doesn't matter if you're a you're an anthem at Halo or if you're like me at Halo. It doesn't matter. Just come on in, come play with us. Um, mostly just guys getting together and shooting each other. <laughs> Fun the way it was meant to be had. Um, we also have a book club in the Adult Gamer. It is in the book club channel. Currently, we are reading Breakfast of Champions by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, that will end this month, and uh, one of the members of the channel will get selected to pick another book. So, um, super fun way to just explore some new reading and chat with your friends about uh, what you think about the book. Now, Fenrir, we've talked touched on this a little bit, but could you explain for folks what's going on with the Minecraft realm? Yeah, uh, Tag has its own Minecraft forum now. Um, we talked about kind of what's being built in the world right now. Uh, we have some people who are uh, taking the game for what it's meant to be and trying to work their way towards the uh, the raid boss thing that's there at the end. Um, but we also have people who are just in there just dicking around, having fun. Um, dicking. <laughs> the, the big thing is uh, it's... Anybody can join it. You got to be part of the Discord server, um, and all you got to do is look into the join up into the Minecraft Realm channel, um, add yourself to the Minecraft Realm roles, and uh, you can also open yourself up to a controller give giveaway. Uh, apparently, there's somebody giving out a Creeper controller um, for Xbox, and does that have Bluetooth on it? I can't remember. 
Uh, I honestly don't remember if that one had Bluetooth. I think it does. Okay. Well, uh, either way, it's enough. one of the Minecraft Creeper controllers, so it's green, has the Creeper face on it. Um, all you have to do, and is those be... are no longer available from uh, Microsoft. They discontinued them. Oh, so, so now a... this is a rare Minecraft yes, controller, collector's edition. Um, so if you join the Minecraft realm and get onto the Minecraft server, as well as uh, add the role to yourself, you you put yourself in the lottery to win this controller and giveaway for the giveaway. It's kind of cool. Um, I hope that uh, somebody gets it and enjoys it very well and takes good care of it and treats it very well and builds us something fancy with it. <laughs> All right. So this little this little trade show uh, happened recently. Um, some of you may have heard of it. It's called E3, Electronic Entertainment Expo. And we wanted to talk about our favorite news stories from the event, um, the things that were really interesting or controversial or uh, in some cases obnoxious or maybe even a little bit of a letdown. Um, I think it would be best if we kind of do a round robin format. Does that work for everybody? Sure, man. Yeah. I'm down with what is. Let's get this shit rolling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Hop, why don't you start us off? What was something you really found interesting from the show? So I'm just going to start with something that I just never, ever, ever expected to hear even uttered in Western gaming press because this game has been hidden behind this black wall of secrecy in Japan and only the hardcore could play it if they had a Windows PC and wanted to hack INI files and go through hell. And that is Microsoft announcing Fantasy Star Online 2. Like, I was freaking out. I don't know. I don't know if anybody else watches. Uh, there's a YouTuber called Happy Console Gamers, this guy in Canada. And his, re his reaction was exactly mine because he's like, okay, it's Sega. Sega, what is this? And then he's like, wait, what is this? What the hell? Oh my God. That was me. I was freaking out. I was like, Fantasy Star Online 2. And it's free to play, so it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. But that just blew me away that they're bringing it out. Now, from what I understand, Phil Spencer said it's not console exclusive, but they're getting it. I guess he pushed Sega to bring it out here, so I think Xbox is getting it. Xbox and PC are getting it first. Um, so we'll see. I'm just excited it's finally coming out here. Then the Xbox version will have cross-play with PC. Anybody that doesn't know about Fantasy Star Online, that's probably my favorite... Uh, RPG series and my favorite co-op game. I mean, before Borderlands, Fantasy Star Online was my crack. I would stay up all night and play it till the wee hours in the morning. I literally would stay up falling asleep in my chair playing Fantasy Star Online. So I'm pretty excited about that. You know, one interesting thing about Fantasy Star Online is, you know, I mean, that kind of game it pretty much just set the roadmap for what a lot of games currently are when it comes to like games as services, you know, the whole, like, you know, multiple people getting together and doing a raid. I mean, if you look at destiny, Destiny's pretty much just a Westernized version of fantasy star. Sort of. Yeah. It just didn't, uh, it didn't grab me the same way. Fantasy star did the way that they did the, um, mechanics with the character builds and the combos. And it wasn't just guns. Like you had me, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good melee build and in fantasy star i always played the melee build i mean and you can ask these guys in borderlands i played the melee build in world war z i played the melee build. On, i slab. like to get in people's face and punch them <laughs> big on fight club huh yeah yeah 
I don't know. I mean, I like shooting stuff too, but don't get but don't get me wrong. When I see a good game that has a fun melee build, like Killing Floor Two has a really fun melee build. Um, do we want to? So I mean, that was the thing that surprised me the most. And uh, there's a couple others. Do you want me to go over those, or do we want to move on and talk more let's, about the whole Xbox event? Or, um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, Fenrir, why don't you pick something you want to talk about, and then okay, um, there we go, perfect. We'll we'll round robin it. That way, we're kind of mixing it up. I you know I have a list of games that I was really excited about, but I just kind of want to touch on the whole E3 um, in terms of like the press conferences and whatnot. And you know I I felt like Xbox just knocked it out of the park again this year, and I was really excited for you know how they did their conference, how it was very much just like in your face game, 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 game. This this is the next big thing we're doing, and XCloud and uh, Game Pass and all the stuff. Like I mean. I really felt like it was a win for Xbox, but I'm also an Xbox gamer, so I could sit there and uh, soak it all up and go, yes, that's coming to Game Pass. I don't have to worry about buying that now. Oh, that's doing that? Cool. Um, That's coming out? Oh, dope. But, you know, I I heard a lot of people say they were really disappointed with how Xbox conferences, how it went. They were just disappointed that they didn't get enough information about Scarlet or... um, you know, I just I don't understand how people could be disappointed with the way Xbox presented their conference. Um, the only disappointment I get is the no Halo Infinite gameplay, but uh, that's beyond the conversation. The other thing is like the other conferences though, Bethesda's was really weird and it didn't flow well to me, um, and they just didn't seem to hit very well. Ubisoft again, same thing, just didn't seem to really drop much or share anything and um i didn't see devolver digital's conference i meant to watch it uh but i wanted to check that out and ea's state of play was again just meh boring um so i really felt like this was xbox's show this year and i really think that they did a good job showing what they have i'd like to actually build on that um I agree with what Fen's saying, but I feel like there are important things to highlight. I think a lot of people who actually have criticisms for the conference were expecting a lot more than what was given. And by that, I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of sad that we didn't get a chance to see, well, with, I mean, other than what Fen's saying, like there was no, you know, I mean, it's never been confirmed, but Fable, I was a little bit surprised that we never really got anything about that. And I, I guess from what I hear echoing the, a lot of the criticism is most of the conference was building up for 2020. So personally, I agree with you, Fan. I definitely, um, I enjoyed the conference tenfold, but it did kind of feel like it was like, here's what's to come in 2020 as opposed to what's coming now. Like there was a lot of like really good news about, you know, Game Pass and what they're actually building on that. The only thing I would say is I wish that there was a little bit more information about, you know, the current year of like what's going on with Xbox, as well as a little bit more information about what they're doing with this cloud service. I was kind of hoping to get a little bit more than just a taste of that. But given the time frame, I can kind of understand exactly why they didn't go into deep detail about it. Yeah, well, I, I, I was there were certain things I was hoping to learn more about that didn't happen. Um, xCloud being the biggest one for me. There were things, though, that were a complete surprise, too. Um, and so I think, you know, maybe people's expectations were a little higher than... Maybe misguided. 
yeah, yeah, maybe a little overly optimistic of how much we were going to learn right now. I will say that Blair Witch Game was a bit of a surprise. As someone who likes terrible found footage B-movies, I was like, <laughs> what? A Blair Witch Game in 2019? So... I thought it, it looked pretty neat. I mean, uh, that first I'm excited movie was pretty good, and it was creepy, so... Mm-hmm. What were you excited about, Mel? Well, I, I just alluded to it that I was really interested in learning more about these cloud services. Uh, I do a lot of traveling for work, and I currently haul my Xbox One X around with me. I would love to be in a state where I didn't have to do that, and I could just game off of my iPad with a controller or something like that. Um, so I've been keeping a close eye on it. We got a lot of information about Stadia. Um, it is not what I was expecting from a service like this in that you have to pay to be a subscriber to the service and you have to buy your game separately. And if Google gets bored of Stadia and shuts it down in three years, all of your games go bye-bye. Um, that's a huge, like, just no for me um, as a result, because I don't trust that, that Google is going to stick with this for the long haul, um, personally. Google also has kind of a track record of pretty much wiping their hands clean of something that doesn't work out. Exactly, exactly. And that's where I just, I'm not comfortable uh, put investing money into that platform as a result. Um, but with xCloud, we didn't really get a whole lot. People were able to play it on the show floor. And generally, the feedback was was okay. It was pretty much, yeah, this is what we would expect from a cloud service. Um, but we didn't get pricing. We didn't get, you know, the the business model. Is it games I've already bought? Is it games that are uh, available through Game Pass only? Like, what is going on there? So um, the one thing that came out a little bit after the show that was interesting, though, was rumors that people were noticing Microsoft wasn't talking about the two Xbox consoles for next generation. Originally, the rumor was we were going to have a super powerful one, Anaconda, and then the uh, streaming-only one, Lockhart, and they haven't been talking about Lockhart at all. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised at all if the discless Xbox One S was meant as a platform to test the market to see how people would react to a discless Xbox. And I feel like with how the discless Xbox One S has gone so far, that if these rumors are true, I strongly believe that, that is what influenced this decision to go to you know one console instead of splitting resources between the two. Yeah, well, there's something that stops them from introducing it six months later or a year later, uh, either. You know, it's it's. I think it's probably smart just to focus on one really kick-ass console, especially given that the current Xbox One X has forward compatibility. Wasn't mm -hmm. it Games Radar who had some kind of quote from Phil Spencer where it's like, "Well, when I said consoles, I was referring to the Xbox, the discless Xbox One S, and then this Project Scarlet, and now we've shipped the the." the Xbox One S and we're still getting ready to ship the the Scarlet so that means multiple consoles so like he kind of had a play on words you know if mm. you will with his statement and but that doesn't mean that his statement still isn't incorrect that he's just you know giving us a red herring for the future but i mean it's totally one of those things that <clears throat> we'll find out more but i think 
I think it's tough at a conference to sit there and give you all the, especially at a presentation conference that that Microsoft had would be to give all these details um, in this sense. So, yeah, I don't, I think maybe they want to, they're holding the cards a little close to the chest and see what else is going on. Um, I'm okay if there's only one machine. And, but I kind of expect that in two or three years there'll be an upgraded version of that. And that may just be the future of console gaming because that would be the only way to, to... The technology moves so fast, that might be the only way to keep up with the latest trends and graphics. I mean, this one's going to be able to do supposedly 4K, 60, real-time... Um, no, they said 8K. Well, they yeah, said I don't think, 8K I don't support. Think, yeah, um, 8K support doesn't mean real-time 4K. But I mean um, 4K with... with 60 frame ray trace that's pretty hot man i could live with that that would look wonderful on i'm willing about the TV. 8k is going to be like how the the xbox one s does 4k right streaming. right right it'll support 8k maybe for video playback or limited things but yeah and and honestly right now i can't really see 8k doing much more unless you have a giant ass tv but we'll see I think my biggest takeaway from the conference, especially going back into xCloud, like Mel was talking, was it was kind of confusing almost because it, it almost hinted it as if this is like going to be a hybrid between full-on streaming and also remote play. And I'm like, I'm hoping that it's going to be a better version than PlayStation's version of remote play. Because if I mean, if you guys remember, right. PlayStation didn't have the best launch with remote play, so. I'm, I'm sure that they have the resources to do it, but if it's a hybrid between the two, I'm still excited. But it does raise the question, does that mean that people are going to be able to stream Xbox games without even having an Xbox console? Yeah, we don't know. That's one of the one of the questions that's still kind of out there for sure. Well, Phil did say you can stream from home for free. Like I remember those mm-hmm. words yes. being yes. said. So it seems like there's going to be a way for you mel to be in his hotel room and stream from his home xbox maybe you yep. know it's probably gonna be shit because he's in a hotel using <laughs> hotel internet but you know he's gonna be running that 480 so well know. but that's that's a feature gap that they've had like playstation's had a remote play for since launch um and xbox has not they've had in-home streaming to a, a Windows 10 box, and that's or Windows 10 laptop. That's kind of it. Um, so it's good that they're catching up that way. But uh, yeah, I, that seemed like a weird aside to XCloud. Um, well, Hop, what other games got your? Uh... Uh, as far as like, so I'll just bring up some Xbox stuff. So we've already talked about Scarlet, um, Outer Worlds. The new RPG from Obsidian, who was bought by Microsoft, they were the guys that did um, Fallout New Vegas, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Um, the original that, South Park game. Right, they that did. game looks great. Uh, the stuff they showed at E3 looks pretty awesome. They, um, they're quoted as saying it's not as long as maybe Fallout 4's campaign, but people were saying it seems like a tighter narrative and a really really interesting world so i'm excited about that um as far as other and then of course fen and i um halo infinite but all we saw was that little story trailer i'm i'm neither 
for or against the old Master Chief armor coming back. I was okay with the way the armor looked in Halo 4 and 5, but I guess a lot of people wanted that classic look back, and it's back, so I, I don't really care as long as the gameplay is good. <laughs> I just hope we still have, like... I like the dash and the running and if they take that stuff away i'm going to be kind of sad because i know there's a bunch of cranky halo 3 gamers that want the game to be slow as molasses but i kind of liked the gameplay enhancements in halo 5 i thought that was the best uh compromise between the classic gameplay and what they were doing in halo 4 so if halo infinite either keeps or enhances that i'll be excited for that um Please don't go back to Halo 3 speed. Right, right. Oh, man. Please. There's no way they right. will. I mean, I know uh, Mjolnir armor is pretty much the weight of a small tank, but still, I don't want to feel like one. Yeah. Right. Oh, and then God. there's all those fun memes where it was like, um, you know, can survive in space, but can't breathe underwater. Can... <laughs> so <it's> yes. Nice. <laughs> um. Wah, yeah, does wah. anybody... I have a couple other things, but I want to save those till after we get done discussing, like, the big things. Because these are minor. They're big if you're a retro gamer, but I'll save those for the end. So I'm going to move over to Fen for round two. What All you right. got, Fen? So I was really kind of like... This trailer kind of creeped the hell out of me at first, but then when I realized what it was, I got really excited for it. And I was talking with Romano a lot about it last night. But Elden Ring... Uh, it's that From Software game that is collaborated collaborated with George R. R. Martin, and it's that dark gothic fantasy, uh, Dark Souls ish game. But I mean, that trailer was the one with the with like the lady who had her hand inside of a hand. Um, <laughs> it was creepy as hell. But no, I'm I'm stoked to see more about that game because I love the Dark Souls series. Um, I played the hell out of them. I can't wait to get my hands back into to that kind of world again. I've been playing The Surge uh, recently, but it just hasn't quite grabbed my, um, you know. Hasn't tickled your taint. Yes, it hasn't done that as much as, as Dark Souls has because, you know, those kinds of games I really enjoy, the dark fantasy, you know, the the sword and shield combos, the... Um, the the limited magic that you can develop with it as well so um that game was pretty um pretty exciting to actually get the confirmation and to have the world building that george rr R. martin has will be kind of cool to see what he does inside of a video game uh scope um we all know that he writes extremely long novels and takes forever to write them so um it'll be interesting to see how this pays off at the end with elden ring so a My, question is, games can... My question is, if George R.R. R. Martin is consulting, does that mean the storyline is going to have a metric ton of weird incestuous relationships? <laughs> you know, or there's always that, that potential. Matter. But no, the one thing I did hear is like the character is very much, uh, you know, kind of a silent protagonist like the Dark Souls series is known for. Um, so that means that you will kind of build your character and uh, react to things. But they're doing a much better job with NPC building and their storylines and quest features that was missing from the Dark Souls games. Because really the Dark Souls games was more about item uh, storytelling. So you learned more about the world <clears throat> by getting items and reading their history and how do they engage with each other. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. 
I hope that they have some like nods to Dark Souls, um, whether it be Solaire or you know Praise the Sun or you know the Onion Knight or something. That'd be kind of cool. So, um, Mix Switch, what was something that you got excited for as well on your round? Oh two? man, I think a harder question is what wasn't I excited for? Um, can we talk about Cyberpunk? Or should I hold on to that because oh, I got a lot to say? <laughs> you, you you just said it. Drop it. Drop it. You just dropped Bro, it. Let me tell you how excited I am for that game. <laughs> From the mo- I mean, we're talking about a game that's been talked about for what how many years now? This has been in like development since oh man. Three. What five, six, seven years now? And I've first of all, I'm obsessed with that aesthetic in the first place. I mean Mel I mean, I'm sorry, Hop, you and I have talked a lot about it. I love that cyber weird eighties aesthetic. Right. And this is straight up for right. me this is like yep. i feel like this game was made for my tasting games i mean and it has papa reeves in it i mean come on how how could this game get any better <laughs> that was such a crazy like watching that presentation and when they pan the camera pans up during the trailer and it's that version of keanu reeves in the game and then he came out on stage like people lost oh, their man. shit i mean i was like wow no. that's really cool they did that <laughs> You're breathtaking. <laughs> right? I lost my but. shit. I literally shat myself when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited down to the gameplay, the the soundtrack, the aesthetics of it, the world building. I mean, I want to live in that world. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably going to take two or three days off of work just so I can hammer down into this game. It so. looks so good that I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, normally I would be cautious and, like, you know, I'm scared to ride ride that hype train. But come on, guys. We're talking about a company that did Witcher 3, which is arguably one of the best video games of all time. So, given their track record, I'm okay with riding that hype train. Yeah, if anybody's earned some trust in building a really cool RPG, it's got to be them at this point. So... Yeah, it definitely looks like the the crazy skill system and all that in there. It looks nuts. Like it, it looks like the kind of game that you could start playing and two days have gone by and you forgot to went to the bathroom. <laughs> Guys, it it literally has a skill tree that's called cool points. <laughs> yeah, hard to argue with that. And the yeah. more details that keep coming about that game, it just seems like they know what fans and people want to do in their games, and they are just tailor making these games for just everybody. So exactly. It's, it's going to be a wild ride for sure. Um, I mean, what it comes out April, 2020, April, right around the corner. And well, not really, Dang. but I like to think it is, but, um, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of things like blade runner and neuro, uh, neuromancer and things like that. Like I, this is just what I've wanted in a video game for a long time. And I'm finally, I feel like I'm finally going to get it. It gives me the nice, like, um, you know, this is a compared, not not quite, but the same when they finally came out with the Shadowrun video game, the Super Nintendo version, because that was the first time they had done, like, the Shadowrun cyberpunk universe in a game. And at mm-hmm. the time, it was a three-quarter view, but you could do all that cool stuff that the RPG did. Like, you could, you know, you could shoot guys, there was melee, you could hack computers, you could get cyborg enhancements and all that stuff. And this this looks like that taken to that to where we're at modern modern game design wise. And that's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. So 
I can spend an entire four podcasts talking about cyberpunk, so I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> Melopod. Round two. All right. Um, the interesting little tidbits that came out about Xbox peripherals. One was that we are getting a new Elite 2 controller very soon. Uh, I believe that comes out in uh, the fall. And it is a better built Elite controller, supposedly, allegedly. Um, it has multiple profiles. They're up to three now. And one of the more interesting things, I don't know, this kind of nerd, I'm going to nerd out for a second about Xbox controllers. Um, one of the interesting things is Xbox controllers can only have 12 buttons and, you know, the, a certain number of axes and sticks and things. And that's built into the spec. So with the Elite, they weren't able to add any new capabilities like the bumper uh, or the um, uh, little things underneath. What are they called? Paddles. Paddles. Thank you. The paddles can't be buttons that don't exist right, on the they're rest of the controller. Remapped to existing buttons. Yeah, they're just A, B, X, Y or whatever you set them to, but they can't be, you know, a Z button or something. Right. Um, but what they did with the Elite 2 is they're allowing you to map voice commands from the game or from the system to those extra buttons. So you can now actually do things like have a dedicated screenshot button, which I would love because I never quite seem to manage to hit the X button and the Y button in the right combination at the right time to get a good screenshot. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Oh, that's dope. Um, but one of the neat things is going forward, they did confirm that Xbox One peripherals will be forward compatible with Scarlet. So you're not going to have to rebuy all your controllers. Um, and, yeah. And that's pretty awesome. That's, again, like, it seems like they're doing almost like the current um, cell phone ecosystem. Like, you don't have to throw out all your iPhone peripherals when you buy a new mm -hmm. one or Android. You just, I mean, some of your old stuff may not work because it's so old, but if it's only a certain amount of years old, it probably will still work for a while. And I love that they're doing that. Well, this is kind of a big deal for people who buy really nice racing wheels, for example. Right. I have a buddy <laughs> has a you know seven eight hundred dollar uh, club sport elite racing wheel from Fanatic, uh, and uh, for the three sixty, and he has a special thing that he uses to adapt it so he can use it with the PS four. But you know those things can always be a little bit wonky um, anytime you're you're hacking the system that way. So I thought that was really cool. A couple other things about the elite two that were neat uh, adjustable tension on the sticks if you were a big fan of the sticks on the 360 controller apparently that's one of the the three uh tension settings that you can adjust it to so your xbox one sticks will feel like a 360 um and the last one that's kind of a surprise to me is they built in a battery and i have a pet theory about why this is um one of the things that a lot of hardcore gamers whine about with uh, consoles, the, the hardcore PC guys, um, is that you can't do faster input polling rates. So a mouse on PC, they're up to like a thousand hertz and the Xbox controllers are at 125 hertz. So your response time is a little bit slower on an Xbox controller. Um, the downside of doing a wireless thousand hertz input device is guess what battery life because you you're sending more updates right. you're sending more signals 
So if you put a giant honking battery in your controller, like Microsoft has done with the Elite 2, it's supposedly a 40 hour battery. Well, that could be 40 hours at 125 hertz polling, but it might be a 15 hour battery if you go up to a thousand or a 20 hour battery, which is still plenty reasonable. And so that's my theory on why they, they made the battery so big. I don't know if that'll come true, but. Um, that sounds pretty legit. And that would be an easy thing for them to do with the new generation hardware. You get the option of, you know, doing the higher, uh, the higher um, polling interval is what it's called. Um, but on the, the Xbox One, it's fully backward compatible. So maybe that could come to pass. I guess we'll see. Um, Hop, what about you, man? What else uh, What else got you going for your um, There was two. Well, there was. Um, I'm just going to bring up one thing and one surprise so the <laughs> one was they had the um the sega genesis mini which i already pre-ordered i'm pretty excited but they showed off like the interface and the new music that yuzo koshiro did for the menus and uh, they were talking about how the emulation is like spot on by m2 and it just works perfectly and they even went as far as that little mini console it, it doesn't work but the cartridge slot opens and like the little sliders, they kind of went overboard. I thought on that, it's neat. It didn't need to do that, but it's really cool. But watching the videos of the emulation itself was really great. They did such a killer job with that. I'm excited about that. And then the other crazy, this I could have never picked. If you would have given me some crazy Vegas odds, I'd have never ever. This is even more surprising than the Fantasy Star 2 online announcement. And that was Konami's announcement that they're coming out with their own mini console because they own the rights to the entire PC Engine TurboGrafx uh, library because they bought Hudson Soft. So we're getting a TurboGrafx mini console from Konami. Um, there wasn't a lot of details. They revealed like six games. And um, I'm going to guess that M2 is probably going to work on this one too. I just hope for the US mini console we do get Castlevania... Dracula X Rondo of Blood. It's already on the Japanese version. That's actually where that game first came out. And Symphony of the Night was a sequel to that game. Um, it was on the. I had it on my Turbo Duo back in the day. But that was a crazy surprise. I would have never ever imagined that. Yeah, well, it seems like such a strange thing because the Turbo Graphics was not a big seller in the U.S. as I remember it. It um, wasn't, but it had it had cult fans like I, me, and a couple of my friends. Because it had a lot of awesome shooters and it had a lot of awesome RPGs. Oh, no question there were some great games. I'm just saying it was it's a strange uh, choice, and especially from Konami, who, you know, certainly not known as a hardware company. Yeah, I think they're riding the trend. I think they saw Nintendo doing well, Sega coming out and getting a lot of hype with this Mega Drive and uh, Genesis Mini. And I think they thought, well, let's jump on it and do it. So, who so knows? I'm I'm surprised with the Genesis Mini they didn't just make it like an SD card reader so you could actually sell cartridges that have been with awesome. additional games. That would know? have been awesome. That would have been forward thinking, man. I'm going to guess just like my SNES Mini that I sideloaded with a simple little program I downloaded on my computer that somebody will hack the Genesis Mini and I'll be able to load whatever games I want on it from there at some point. Makes sense to me. Yeah. What else, Finn? What you got? I see you got a couple more things on your list here. I mean, besides Jedi Fallen Order, um, that... Oh, what now? You know, 
some more canon being added to the original three Star Wars movies. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Just rubbing it in. (laughs) Can't help yourself, can you? Oh, man. No, the Jedi Fallen Order uh, trailer looked kind of cool. You know, I'm excited for Respawn has my vote on that they could probably tell a really good story, so I'm excited to see what they do with the Star Wars world. Um, and you'll get to see how it ends, unlike Battlefront 2, right? I hope so. God, that pissed me <laughs> off. I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> Anyways, um, so it looks cool. Um, the story kind of looks cool. It takes place what the, uh, in between, right after Order. Um, God, I... Wow, my Star Wars this is just take my card right now. I'm Order sixty six, right? Whatever, um, the one where they kill all the Jedi's. Yes, Mel. Yes, yep. that's Order. Okay. 66. Why are you asking him? That's not part of Mel's canon. Yeah, I was gonna say that's oh. that's fan fiction, but <laughs> sorry. Sure. Hop, Order sure. sixty six. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, it takes place right after that, and it follows a young uh, Jedi that's trying to figure out his way or and how to kind of navigate this new world. So. It looks really cool. Uh, it has a bit of a Dark Souls, you know, melee mechanic. Uh, you have like three bars. You have your stamina, your health, and then your force powers. And it looks like you have to build up your ability to use the force as you fight and do certain things. One thing that Disney has told Respawn that they cannot do is allow uh, dismemberment. So that will be what? interesting. Yeah. It was kind of a non-negotiable, I guess. They said that you can't cut hands off. Even though so it happens on, in it's, like five I, in, of the six movies, <laughs> I know. Yeah, seriously, like I, seems I, an awfully strange line, weird line to draw. You know, like, it's okay. it's something that they can't do. So, but the big thing that I was kind of really excited about, and I saw some gameplay on this, was uh, Gears Five. Uh, they have a new mode. It's called Escape, and it looks like it's going to. It's a linear level progression that you have a start point and an end point and your goal is to get all the way through it with uh, at least two other or with two other people and each there's kind of hero characters now so each character uh, has their own ability one drops like an ammo supply one has a shield that they can use and another one does something else I can't remember but you can go through these areas and you're trying to go through it so it's kind of like horde mode but in a linear level and the one thing that I think is interesting is they haven't really said anything about it, but it kind of looks like they're getting to this point where they're going to have like new heroes or characters that you can play as that will jump up. They'll have uh, just a lot of different things for you to be able to do uh, through that area. Something I also read or heard that these levels can be uh, created by users. And in order for you to be able to publish your level, you have to be able to uh beat your level first so you can't just send a level out there in the world and say all right everybody play it and not be able to beat it so it looks kind of cool uh gears 5 looks a lot of fun i can't wait to see how they continue that story with uh uh kate because i think she's got a really interesting story to tell mix switch round three Oh, I guess we can... Uh, well, I just want to start by saying Ubisoft at this point, I really think they should maybe can reconsider naming their entire studio to just Tom Clancy's Ubisoft. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, we really like that guy. Um, you know, when, when Xbox recently did a dashboard update, one of the features was they, they started sorting the games properly and they would ignore games that whose names started with the... 
mm-hmm. and A. And I was like, it would make so much more sense if you ignored Tom Clancy's whatever <laughs> as well. Because half my games under T are Tom Clancy something, and I can never find the goddamn thing. Because I'm like, it's Rainbow Six. I want to play Rainbow Six. It's not under R. Oh, fuck, that's right. That asshole Tom Clancy, who's been dead for like 10 fucking years, by the way. How does he still have video games coming out? Because Ubisoft bought the rights to his name forever. They own his name. I am not joking. It is it is the uh, most ridiculous uh, piece of marketing at this point because he has nothing to fucking do with any of it. I'm waiting um, for like the E3 conference yeah. when they bring out a hologram of Tom Clancy to announce <laughs> it. <the next> <laughs> oh my god! Like when they brought back uh, uh, Prince. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Tupac. Yes, Tupac as a hologram, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, anyway, though. sorry. Yes, yes. I do actually like Ubisoft. I feel like they're a company that actually... They're doing what I feel like Bethesda and EA need to do. And when I say that, I mean like... I, I, They're actually... They take their existing IPs and build on them and repair them and actually do like... um, Basically just... Improve them. Yeah, thank you. But I know that they have actually a uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine coming out, which personally seems really neat. I like the idea of a tactical... I'm shooting from the hip here, but I'm assuming it's a tactical Left 4 Dead. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did the a zombie outbreak as a, a limited time mode in Rainbow Six Siege, and this is basically expanding on that idea. It's a four-player co-op campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're playing through with three of your buddies. I, you know, I don't think... I didn't get all the details on AI versus humans and all that stuff, I don't think, but... Um, yeah, it sounds really cool. I mean, I'm all for tactical uh, shooters like that. So, mm-hmm. Which I'm really excited to see like what becomes of that. that. I mean, that trailer looked really interesting with, you know, just a... I mean, it really didn't have anything past just that teaser trailer, but regardless, the concept seems really interesting. Yeah. Um, past that, um, I know that we got Tales of Arise coming out, which actually looks amazing. I feel like ever since the PS2 era, I know this is going to sound crazy, but like... the jrpgs have been kind of taking us uh like a seat back or a back seat towards like what i mean like guess the, you know the current gens and this one feels like it might actually be like a next gen jrpg in terms of the aesthetics and how gorgeous yeah. that game looks that's um and i think that's one of those things this could be a whole episode later that i'd like to have you come on mix switch because we could talk about what happened to absolutely Japanese gaming development mm. over the past mm-hmm. 10 years it's actually way more complicated but yeah I, th- I really mm. feel like they're it, two things happened western development really caught up and the Japanese economy over there like bottomed out in a way that I don't think they were expecting and um, yeah it's so different now but that game mm-hmm. does look great I, I would agree like there hasn't really been a really breakthrough Japanese JRPG to hit one that feels like it's next gen like i know there's a lot more nuance to the argument than i'm giving it but right no i but i know what you mean like it's been really stale Mm -hmm. yeah well final fantasy 15 i think tried to innovate but it really innovated final fantasy not jrpgs as a whole i i would argue um but i'm super excited about tales of arise because I just love the Tales games. I think they do a great job of telling a story. Absolutely. Um, and and we haven't had them on Xbox. I mean, that's it was fascinating to see this as a, a 
a Microsoft press conference announcement. So yeah, it was pretty uh, cool. that's pretty exciting. Well, Phil, it's just nice to see. I was saying, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, Uncle Phil spent a lot of time out there in Japan talking to people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I was going to say. Phil Spencer, well, he really wants to bring them over. He he must have slept at Sega's place for like a month to get Fancy Star Online <laughs> Two over here, and I'm glad he did. I remember yeah. in an interview he said that um, he wanted to make sure that he could actually get a playable version of PSO before he actually went on stage and talked about that. And I just really appreciate that level of commitment that he has towards bringing those games to the Western side. Absolutely. So. Um, well, let me let me talk about uh, some sad news for Xbox gamers. Don't particular. do it. Don't do it, Mel. We Microsoft released a bunch of backward compatible titles, but also announced the end of the backward compatibility pr- update. Why you got to cut the backward compatibility program? Hold on, hold on, hold on. They didn't say it's over. They just said at this time we are not doing anymore. Come on. Okay. There's a sliver and... of hope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Fair so enough. you're saying last half full. There's a chance. <laughs> exactly. Um, that that's kind of a bummer. I get it. They're they're busy. They've got to look ahead to Scarlet and start focusing on the next thing. I I'm a little confused because you know one of the things that Microsoft has said previously is that the backward compatibility for Xbox One is done. It's a hundred percent. It's not a technical issue at all. It's strictly licensing that that determines whether games Dude, come I'm out. Just mad. There's at least like ten games that I been wanting forever that are still I mean I'm t- I, I'm almost tempted to go buy a used 360 just so I can play those games again. I hooked up a 360. I lost three 360s. I had them in my garage and when I moved they all disappeared. I don't know what happened. I still have all the peripherals and so a buddy of mine at work was giving away his old 360 and I snatched it up uh, and I hooked it up the other day um, and have been using it. So yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Just wait about 10 years, guys. You'll get a uh, Xbox 360, 360 Mini. Mini. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be well, the problem to... is... To jump on that train, I was going to say that I have a 360. The only reason I still have it is because of Scott Pilgrim. Oh, right, yeah. So there's one. There's a game I loved. It was an indie game called uh, Retro City Rampage DX. And I had that on my 360. I fucking loved that game. And I was kept hoping it was going to become backwards compatible. Why are you doing this to me, Hop? Right? Why are you doing this to me, Hop? <laughs> you remember that game? The game was dope. <laughs> well, so here's here's the interesting thing that didn't get a lot of attention, I don't feel like, in the press. But Phil Spencer, head of Xbox One, also acknowledged that not every Xbox One game will be playable on the Scarlet due to licensing issues. That's there, interesting. I didn't there know that. are there are games that will be left behind, which makes it even more frustrating because I had hoped that with this rolling kind of forward-looking console generation thing that we've kind of touched on tonight a few times, like losing games would be a thing of the past, right? That I could have one system that would be able to play everything from the original Xbox forward and it doesn't look like that's ever going to happen and that that's really sucks did he say that's that when you can't play them or it's just not going to be able to like be purchased or downloaded or whatever it is going forward well i can't put any 360 disc into my xbox one and play it even though from what microsoft has said the technology exists to do that but they can't because of licensing, licensing. Issues. yeah that's what i'm saying like, i get that piece because like 
you know, if you think about like games that have music in them, a lot of the music has end dates on whether you can have that. That was a big thing with a couple games uh, recently. Alan um, Wake, I remember, had yeah, that Alan issue. Yeah. And then they just ended up patching it out so that way they could have the game move without the song or something. So, you know, I get that piece, you know, and you couldn't purchase it, but you could still play it. Um, you could download it and if you owned it already. So you didn't have to, because you've then already paid for that license piece, but you couldn't, I don't know. Well, you couldn't get any new copies. Well, that's what we don't know, right? Is I guess what I'm thinking, what I had been under the impression was that every Xbox One game would be downloadable and playable on the, the Scarlet. And what came out of E3 was that that's not necessarily true. Yeah, that you're still going to want to have an Xbox One hooked up for certain games that aren't forward compatible oh, we'll have to wait and see as more details come out about that yeah. but yeah that's that's kind of a bummer that whole bat when i heard they were killing backwards compatibility or adding more games i was like wait 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 but what about no <laughs> what, what about no but what about i know i know well then I, what we did get the good news oh go ahead i was just say i just don't have the time for backwards compatibility let alone current compatibility so <laughs> You know. I don't either, but Capcom had put out a couple great... They put out like a Darkstalkers collection mm-hmm. on the 360. There was the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure arcade game that came out on the 360. There's a few Capcom ports. And then Sega had a really awesome version of Afterburner and Outrun that I'm going to have to go track down on 360 just to play again because they're not coming forward. Well, and some of that for me is like digital history, right? I want to be able to show my kids the progression of a game series and like take them through it and eh, can't do it without all this old hardware um i guess we're going back to that question we had a few weeks ago or a month ago about video game collectors i mean yeah is there is there a place for it still then yeah for sure to preserve the history and what i mean like it's different now because we're all digital but you know back in the day with the cartridge games and Mag- you remember magazines that shit that's on paper um <laughs> <laughs> you know you would be i would i remember going to um read the magazine and they would talk about there would be a new game in a series and it would be you know a game series i'd never played so then i would go and look for the old game and play it and it was kind of neat and now sometimes to do that is difficult um, with the digital age you gotta track down well, the whole machine and everything yeah, and especially because there are games, there are things like the Turbo Graphics that uh, there aren't that many working consoles available. You know, those are, are pretty big collector's items for the original hardware. Well, and, uh, and the older hardware, it's funny, Sith was just talking about this the other night. Um, the older hardware had, you know, um, capacitors and whatnot that eventually wear out. I mean, these current Xboxes will too, but if they're going forward, maybe they won't be such a, as bad of a problem. Yeah, I actually looked at picking up an original OG Xbox uh, recently. Oh, I was dude, jonesing that machine, and I, I, bomb. I, I gave mine my away. I, uh, I, I know, wish I hadn't. I would do anything to play another round of Time Splitters Two on the original dude, Xbox. Dude, that was my jam! Oh my god, I <laughs> love that game. Hey, switch! Oh, I have, I have both games. The controller and the controller for Steel Battalion. Yeah, oh, I had, I had you that. You have an idea what that goes for? <laughs> I would love to put hook that up again and show my kids just the yeah, craziness that, that is game. that controller. That great. What'd you say, Pam? Oh, I'm just saying I have Time Splitters 2 on my OG Xbox. 
Oh, buddy. Oh, dude. Oh, I, all buddy. right. Um, I'll <laughs> see you guys over at Fens in a couple of days. So I got a well, ticket. You got four pads. Let's do this. <laughs> but hang on. So what the reason I brought up the OG Xbox and, and going back to that is there is a capacitor that people have to go in and cut off the motherboard because it's known to leak and at, and leak acid onto the motherboard and destroy the boards. Oh, wonderful. So people are going in when they get a console and checking the motherboard to see if there's acid uh, marks around this one spot on the board. And if there's not, then they ch- they snip that that clock capacitor off um, because it's, it's uh, known to destroy the system. And so... There's stuff like that, like uh, not to mention the part of the reason I didn't do it was that the other reason I didn't do it, it, it pick one up, is because it's not HDMI. I forgot this right component, dude. That's all. Yeah, yeah that's the best you I was can like, yeah. oh, that's a kick but you in can the balls. get a component a to. Uh, there's adapters that you can get from component to HDMI. And I think my my TV even has component inputs, yeah, but most of them have at least one. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is just like holy shit, like. This is just going to keep getting harder as we go forward. Um, you know, these older systems are just going to be more and more difficult. And so uh, I was really hoping the Xbox Next, whatever we're calling it, would be my one true machine that I could play, you know, maybe not everything, but but a whole hell of a lot on. And it, and it will, but not as much as I'd hoped, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. It's better than um, when it started, though. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. True. All right. So, any last uh, items we want to cover? I know it looks like we skipped maybe a couple from the list. Um, I think we're all good. I think we've had a good show today. Long run. Yeah. Talk. Fair enough. Fair enough. Had some technicalities, well, but we got it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had technicalities after, before we started recording, which is what we want. We want to get all the stupid shit out of the way before we push that record button, because holy cow, once we do, you don't want to interrupt it. Um, that's one disadvantage of our current podcasting setup. Uh, at any rate, well, thank you everyone for, for listening. We, of course, are the tag cast. This is the Adult Gamer Community Podcast. It's all about you guys. We always love to have community members on as guest hosts. So if you think that you would have something to say, please get in touch with Fenrir765 on our Discord. Where else can people find you, Fen? Same Fenrir765 on Xbox, and that's pretty much it for me. Hop, how about you, man? Hop, this is on the adultgamer.com Discord, and you can find me on Xbox Live as Hoptimus Maximus with a one in the Maximus instead of the I. Just to be clear for those <laughs> who need clarity. <laughs> what about you, Mixwitch? Oh, you know, same bat time, same bat channel. You can always find me um, pretty much well. You can actually only find me on Xbox. No, it's not true. i got a PlayStation 2. So you can find me at oh. Mixwitch, um, repping both sides. Um, other than that, yeah, just shoot me a message if you ever need someone to backpack you through Call of Duty or maybe if you can help <laughs> me not suck at Halo. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I uh, that's awesome, Mixwitch. I, I have not turned on my PS4 and I don't even know how long. So... Uh, I will have to do that and, and friend you. 
Um, you can find all my PSN gamer tag as well as all my other ones on mellified.com. I'm also mellified on the Discord. You can find the link to our Discord at theadultgamer.com. And remember to use those Amazon affiliate links. Sure helps us out. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.